0: Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Hey, you know, I was thinking today what I love about working with students. uh, It's something that, um, you know, I've been talking to Parker a lot about lately. And I was like, you know, we get to try things that, you know, sometimes we have stupid ideas that we try and they just don't work and no one ever hears about them. And, like, that's a lot of fun for us. And sometimes we get to try new things, and they're really cool. And then we get to share the ideas, and we look like geniuses. But you know what? The, the part that I love the most is that some of you, as you are sitting here, choose to come along this crazy journey of faith that, that, that I've chosen to walk with my life. That's the part that I love the most, the, the thought that um, some of you would figure it out decades probably a decade, before I truly figured it out for my own life. And like you guys are grabbing onto it, and you're grabbing onto that hope, and like, like Ransom was saying, declaring those truths to God and to each other, that I believe in the resurrection, I believe in the Trinity, I believe in God our Father, and that Jesus was raised from the dead. I believe these things, and because of those things, my life is different. Man, I wish I would have grabbed onto that sooner. That is a big reason why I hope, I hope that when I'm old. And by the way, I got my first gray hair. You guys can't see it, but if you want to see it later and you see me, it's like right in here somewhere. I'm really excited about it, because no, for real, I'm excited because I feel like after uh, 16 years of student ministry with people like you, I should have a lot more, and I've only got one. And that's how much I love doing this. So if you want to see it, come find me. It's right in here somewhere. I can't, I like. I'll just have to point to the area, but everybody else that's my age that's got a ton of gray hair is like, you're so dumb. One gray hair. Anyways, hey, I want to talk to you guys tonight. We're going to start off talking about a father uh, that brought his son to Jesus because he was heartbroken. It was a, it was a father who, I, I could just imagine that, that your child is born, you look into their eyes, you are full of all this hope all these dreams of what this child would become. And then as this child grew up, you start to notice that things are wrong and this child in particular uh, would would thrust thrust himself down to the ground and have seizures and foam at the mouth. And, And he brought this child to Jesus because he had heard that Jesus was giving hope. He had heard that Jesus was offering miracles. He had heard that all of this was going on and he brought this child to Jesus. And I look at this from two standpoints. I don't know, any of you guys like watching like sappy movies? Like the kinds that make you cry? Anybody like those? I'm not afraid. Okay, one of my, this is a guilty pleasure of mine. I love watching movies that I have to be sitting in my recliner going like this. Ain't gonna cry. You're not gonna do it. One of the ones that's famous is Pursuit of Happiness. Any of you ever seen that one? Yeah, come on. How many of you guys have seen it and how many of you have cried when you saw it? My goodness, when Will Smith gets a job at the end of the movie. I don't even care. Hey, if you haven't seen the movie already, I don't care about spoilers. Parker, have you never seen it? I've never seen that movie. Tell me it was nowhere on your list. I don't even care. Else seen, he gets a job. It was way better than Bernie. put we'll it that way? <laughs> so anyways, here I am. I love watching these kinds of movies, you guys. There is something about watching movies, and I do know that Parker is this way. I find myself feeling what the what the character is feeling. And in that moment, and I don't care if it's a spoiler, he had spent this entire movie just struggling. Nothing would go his way. And at the end of the movie, there's a glimmer of hope, and he just loses it emotionally. And like, I was right there. And I can't help but in life, when I see people that have gaps in their lives like that, man, my heart just gets there. And if you're human, if you're human, you guys are the same way. So this man brings his son to Jesus. He says, Jesus, this is what's been going on, and I know that you can do something. And Jesus looks right back at him and he says, hey, do you believe that I can heal this child? And I thought about that. That's all this dad had to hold on to. Was the hope that Jesus would step in and do something. Because there was no future for this child. And, and, this, and this was like an older kid. It wasn't like a, a baby. It was a child that should be able to walk, should be able to run, should be able to talk and do things and be next to his father. And this is the only hope he had. And this is what he said to Jesus. He goes, and I don't know if he was emotional in the moment, but he said, I believe but he said, I need you to help me believe that it can be done. I don't want to to get this wrong. In Mark chapter nine, he says this. The boy's father explained, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus, I know that you can do it. I've heard that you can do it. Somewhere on the inside of me, I'm just really struggling that it's going to happen. And I need you to help me with my unbelief. And I'll tell you that this man was heartbroken for the gap that was in his son's life. And you guys, this series, The Gap, that we're walking into, is full of challenge for you. It's full of opportunity for you to step up. It's full of opportunity for you to grow up. And it's an opportunity for you to actually look up and at the world around you. And maybe for the first time, look at yourself honestly in the mirror and make an assessment on where you're at in life, spiritually. And so I want to challenge you guys to do this. Pastor Scott, on last last Sunday, he said, through this series, I'm going to challenge you with three questions. He said this. He said, I want you... To struggle with this question. Is there help for broken people? Does God have a plan that's bigger than me, that's beyond me, that I should be a part of? And is it worth the risk? And is it worth the risk? Think about those questions. Is there hope for someone that's broken like me? You know, do you find yourself in the, in the seat of, of this man that says, I don't even know if something can be done, but I hear that there's hope through this person named Jesus. I've got a friend that invited me to Element. I don't even know why I'm here. I got a, I got a really good coffee at the coffee bar. There's, there's people doing stuff from stage. These guys are really great musicians, but I hear something about Jesus. But all I know is, is they wanted me to be here, and I don't know why, but I hear that there's hope at church. That might be you sitting here, and you might say, I hear there's hope, but I need help with my unbelief. Because I've heard there's hope, but I don't know if there really is hope for someone like me. I need help with my unbelief. Ryan, chill. <laughs> you guys, this series isn't all out of the book of Mark. The series jumps into the old, old book written in 400, 500 B.C., somewhere in there. It's a man named Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a part of a nation of people that were called the Israelites. They were located in the Middle East. They were God's people. And here's the deal with the Israelites. They had had gone in mad cycles of being obedient to God and then being rebellious to God and then finding themselves far away from God. So they had these moments where they're like, God, you are so good. Thank you, God. We worship you. We love you. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. And then they would find themselves apart from God the next day. Maybe at school. Wait, no, not at school. That's, I'm talking about you guys now. But seriously, the Israelites would find themselves far from God because when life got good, they're like, you know, we don't necessarily need God anymore. And then what had happened is their, their country had been conquered. Their city had been demolished. They had been taken away from their homeland. They had been enslaved to another country. And over the course of generations, a king allowed them to go back to their city. So you can imagine them going back to a broken down, run down city. And they rebuilt the temple, which is like the place where in that time God's presence was upon this specific place. They had rebuilt it. But the walls and the protection for the city was completely destroyed and in shambles. There was no protection. And here was a man named Nehemiah that had a, had, a, had a place of position in Persia, which is the kingdom in which he lived. He had a position of authority next to the king. He had a position of power. He had a position of influence. But guess what? He heard from some people distant relatives, he ran into them and they said, he said, hey, how's stuff going in Jerusalem? And they looked at him and said, there's no hope, man. We're destitute. There's no wall. Anybody could come in and raid us and take us over. It'd be like this, you guys. It'd be like if you found out that you had a first cousin that you'd grown up with. And you started to hear stories about this first cousin that was living in Denver. You'd found out that they had been, they had been abused by someone and they were living on the streets. They were strung out on drugs. And there was, there was no hope for them and they were destitute. But all you remember is this cousin that you grew up and that you loved with and that you played catch with at Easter and Thanksgiving. And your heart was broken because you could see the gaps in their life. Here's the account. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Nehemiah. I hope you guys are following us on social media because each week we're sending out the Scripture that we're going to be teaching from because guess what? This book is full of hope and we want you guys' noses in it. And I'm just going to read the Bible in the sky as Parker would say. We're going to throw that up here. It's going to get here in a minute and I'm going to read it. So the words of Nehemiah, the son of that is the name that I will never name one of my children. Hakka, Hakkalat. That sounds like what you do when you're ill. Um, that's probably not good for me to say that. The words of Nehemiah, son of this, in the month, this is giving you time frame, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, that gives you geographical location, somewhere in Iran, that area. Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. This is Nehemiah's story. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Here's Jeremiah's words. I want you guys to pay attention here. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You guys are seeing the words of a man that was heartbroken because of desperation that he saw now here are the things that i want you guys to consider and to look at tonight there can be desperation in your world it doesn't look like broken down it doesn't look like broken down barriers none of us are living in castles right well my house is a castle just kidding None of us are living in castles with giant walls and giant fences that are broken down, right? But here's what you do see. Do you see broken down walls and do you see gaps first in your own life? Where do you see gaps where the enemy can come in and destroy your world? It could could be things that maybe you've done. Maybe you've created gaps. Maybe Maybe you've got social habits with your friends on Fridays and Saturday nights. Or maybe you have habits in your bed alone at night. Maybe you've got habits with your cell phones that create these sinful gaps where the enemy can come in and start telling you lies like you are so alone. Maybe you have gaps that create the opportunity for the enemy to come in and speak that lie to you. And it's a lie of the enemy, you guys. Maybe you have gaps that were created by someone else. Maybe they were created because, you know, I I didn't ask to be raised in a divorced home and that's hard on me. Maybe they were created by someone else because someone else chose to abuse you And you've got these gaps and you've got these wounds. Students, I'm here to tell you tonight. God does not want those gaps to remain. God does not want those wounds to remain at all. This first week, all I'm wanting you guys to do is to look up. I want you to look up and I want you to look in a mirror Maybe it's going to take you looking in a mirror tonight before you go to bed and being honest with where you are at in this life. Maybe you're like the guy that brought his son to Jesus and you're like, I've heard God's willing to do things, but man, God, I really need you to help me with my unbelief because I've really messed this life up and I feel hopeless. I guarantee there's at least There's way more than one of you in this room that feels that way right now, that you don't think God has any kind of hope going forward for you. So I'm asking you to look up and look into a mirror. The second thing I'm asking you to do, would you do what Nehemiah did? Would you allow yourself to look up, get the eyes off yourself, and look around and be heartbroken about what you see? We tend to look at our peers, and we tend to look at the people around us. You tend to look at me, and you tend to think that there is nothing heartbreaking going on in my life right now. You think that. My challenge to you is to look up, and to look at your peers, and to look past the surface, and to, and to pray, and to consider, God, would you help me to feel for the brokenness around me? I want you to look to the people that are eating lunch alone. I want you to look to the people that you know are ignored in your classes. You middle school students, I, there's stuff that I love about you, but you're the worst of the worst when it comes to ignoring people. Man, I, I love the fact that there's several high school students in this room that in any other ministry might not fit in. And yes, I will call Ryan out from stage, but you know what? Ryan is loved by these guys sitting on either side of him right now. And I'm grateful that my high school students can do this. And yeah, they've been turned over and they go, Sh Ryan, stop talking. But they love this man. I love that he feels accepted here. And I love that our high school students can do that. I'm asking you middle school students to get off yourselves and to look, look up and look around you and go, how can my heart bend and break for these people next to me? Would you consider to be challenged with that with Nehemiah? Would you consider, is there hope for the broken person? Does God have something more for me here than what I see? And is it worth the risk? Possibly the most freeing phrase that you could hear tonight, come as you are. Lay down your hurts. Because here's, One of the biggest challenges that's going to come from this series is the fact that where your hurts are, where where your heart cries out to, whether it's in your life or the life of others, that is where God is going to choose to use you. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives as well. God is going to start there. But that starting point is surrender. It's come as you are. Be free. Be free. You're gonna have an opportunity tonight, but you're gonna to have to be honest about what you see in your life and what you see in the lives of others. And an opportunity to have a discussion in your small group. Focus on it. Look at it. Be challenged with what God might have for you. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.